It's gift-giving time. Find out what companies the religious right put on the naughty and nice list. Happy birthday, Jesus. This is The Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. (laughs) And learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is The Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Hey, welcome to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, John Nash, and we're in a holiday Christmas setting. Our studio has been decorated, which we're delighted to have, and it's snowing. And we've moved. And we've moved. We've moved to Park City, Utah, or Telluride, or Aspen, or or take your pick, right? In the opening, later in the show, we're going to talk about the naughty and nice list that was compiled by the religious right. And uh, during the opening, I asked John, I said, why don't they just say happy birthday, Jesus? Happy birthday, Jesus. Concerned about Christmas, but just say happy birthday, Jesus. They could do party themes, as you said, balloons, Balloons. cake, and all kinds of things. Why don't we have cake at Christmas? Ditch the whole whole Santa candy. That's a whole separate thing, Santa and Santa Claus. Right. And uh, and before then, we're going to do a little remembrance, a la Michelangelo Signorelli remembrance. But it, he he had done a he had penned a uh, article or an op- opinion piece for the Huffington Post about uh, George Bush. And if you're uh, either watching the funeral now or watching us, I don't know what would be better: the George Bush state funeral or the focus group. Well, had we job. been smarter, we might have been live streaming the funeral and commenting on it because all f- of well, those presidents are going to be in that room at the same time, and there's no love lost. Talk between. about dis- right. Talk about a dysfunctional family. But back to Christmas for a minute. <laughs> I want to wish you a happy St. Nicholas Day. Oh, is today St. Nicholas? Well, actually, St. Nicholas Day is celebrated today in the Netherlands, and it's officially the 6th tomorrow, uh, Thursday, here in the U.S. Now, uh, in this the- is the one where they get in trouble now, though, right? Uh, I don't because know. Because of the... the, uh, the See, that's for you. But the guy's got the dark hair. The dark well, that's the... Um, yes, there's a... Sinterklaas is a Dutch thing, and he's usually portrayed uh, as dark-skinned and with a black... The charcoal from the, from the... From yeah, the there's chimney. another... Yeah, so... But everybody looked at it as dark face or black face. It was another big kerfuffle. So, if you're in the Ukraine, and this... on St. Nicholas is basically a religious holiday. It's a saint, it's a saint, St. Nicholas, right? So, if you're in the Ukraine... Children in the Ukraine put, uh, they wake up in the morning and there'll be a present under their pillow if they were good during the year. If they weren't good, they get a, a twig or a piece of coal. <laughs> in the or Russian uh, ruble. In the Netherlands, Dutch children put out a clog filled with hay and a carrot for St. Nicholas's horses. On St. Nicholas's Day, gifts are tagged with personal humorous rhymes written by the sender. But in the United States, what we practiced as our custom as kids. Uh, children leave their shoes in the foyer or by the door for St. Nicholas to come and put a little gift of coins or something. And so I got you a St. Nicholas gift. Oh, you did? Yep. How come I didn't know about this? You know, you're not a gift giver. You might not have celebrated St. Nick's Day when you were... I never did. Did you ever celebrate it? Oh, yeah. We loved it. So I got you... From my personal collection. Oh, my goodness. I think this is one of your favorite. Yeah, with the clock. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. It looks like it was hardly used. There's probably money in it. I better look. Yeah, I used to hide my money in my Hardy Boy book Oh, there's collection. $100, John. Now, what would happen if I opened this and there was a There would never $100 be 100 Most you'd find in there is a buck or two. But go to the very front of the book. You'll see that I had a book plate from my personal library. From the... From, <laughs> from the books of John T. Nash. <laughs> Who wrote that? Because that doesn't That's look like me. your writing. That's my writing. You're very careful about it. Oh, my God. This is while the clock. All right. So I'm sending, I'm giving my old Hardy Boy books to my cousin for his new grandson. And I kept the one, two, and three and the detective handbook. But I remember you said you liked the the one with the- uh, I always remembered it. The clock on the cover. This and the gristmill. Yeah. You know, I am going to read this. I'll, I'll be curious <laughs> to see how it holds up. Apparently, you liked- This, this seems to be open here a lot. This might have been the, the where the- Climactic. Uh, Denouement. <laughs> Well, thank you, John. So it's the, yeah, that's the cover. Uh, the Hardy Boys, while the clock ticked. There you go. Well, you know, this is this is wonderful. So happy St. Nicholas Day. Like you look at the old man lurching from behind. Oh, there's a whole thing you could, I was going to have a t-shirt made of that picture. I was just going to have this square of the old guy coming out from behind the clock with the, I mean, two, with the two guys, with uh, Frank and Joe Hardy, with gags in their mouths, and they're tied yeah, to chairs. Look at them. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they look like they could work for Falcon. 
Exactly, right? Hey, we, you know, Paul and Mass had contacted me. I don't know if he's going to call, but he was all wound up. You probably saw this in the news. Did you see t uh, Tumblr is now going oh, to yeah. ban all, all porn, or all, adult anything content that or, is, yeah. Why can't you do both? If I don't want to look at it, click it off. Yeah, yeah. Do you boys use Tumblr? To look up nude pictures of girls. Yeah. Right, but that's so all going to stop. I'm not using it anymore. I think their problem was they were running into child porn things. Oh. Yes, uh. Garrett, you're right. You're right. They did have a couple of cease and desists, and they decided to just get rid of all of it because, yeah. You've got Garrett and John in the booth. I don't understand the child porn thing. What do you mean? People were posting stuff? Yeah, and then, you know, it's like some random Tumblr that, uh. how do you find out about it? But if you're in an inner circle, you can pass it on to your friends and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So what are they going to do? Uh. Just pictures of kitty cats? I don't know. And, you know, the, the, then on top of the announcement that they were getting rid of all porn and they were specific about making sure that you couldn't look at a female nipple. But then the, the Me Too movement and a lot of the feminists got involved because if you can't see a female nipple, why would you be allowed to see a male nipple? You know, like when a guy doesn't have a shirt on. That must be why a friend of mine from college named Kevin, he had posted a picture on Facebook, he got banned or something, but so you could probably Google it and find it, but it's, it's a woman and it's her cleavage and then they cut it off halfway and then had two pink balloons. <laughs> and, uh, and it looks hilarious. And he's like, take that Facebook because it's essentially just, you really can't yeah. see anything. And then it's the balloons. balloons. But it, I laughed when I saw it and I thought, well, I'll see if he gets banned again. But he got banned for showing just a little bit of something. Well, you know, um, when, when we were over on uh, the satellite platform, uh, Paul and Mass, Paul, was famous for paulandmass.tumblr.com. Oh, my God. It was one of the best sites on the planet. It was the, in fact, I would say. Uh, what was your morning ritual? It was the only thing you needed to do to get your day going, <laughs> depending on your orientation. So for me, like, I'd be like, Paul was an incredibly good curator. Yes. <laughs> Talk about an editorial eye. He curated the best. You read my mind. <laughs> so, and I remember when his got taken down for some, someone, made a complaint about copyright on his side or something, and then he just decided to not do it anymore because it was Well, yeah, hard. you ended up being too much of a hassle. And then if you listen to, we, we do a, uh, a podcast called TFG Unbuttoned every Tuesday morning, which you can find on SoundCloud, or if you go to focusgroupradio.com, you can find TFG Unbuttoned as well as all these shows, whether you want audio or, or video. But John and, uh, John and I talked about the kerfuffle, I guess for lack of a better word, about Baby, it's cold outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it seems to be blowing up now to the point where people are looking and starting every. to question every Christmas song. And then we were talking before the show about how Rudolph, which has already been shown this year. I think they showed it mm -hmm. December 3rd or last week sometime. But that uh, there's some talk about not showing that anymore because it promoted bullying. Yeah. What do you, I mean, this is just crazy, don't you think? But before we were on, uh, we were talking to Bill. Bill Schultz, who does a show, and he said, hey, but in the end, Rudolph triumphed, and he won over all the bullies. Right. So let's let's ignore the positive aspect of that message and just go for the bullying part. I mean, I don't know. You, know, you I, said the smartest thing at lunch when we talked about it. You said we're going to have a whole generation of people who just can't either... Deal with anything. Deal with anything or, you know, safe rooms. I, I've noticed now, and I was reading in one of these education journals, why I read them, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you that question. I read them every morning. I get, I, get, I get it sent in, and I read about what's going on with admissions and foreign students and, and what majors. Do you want to know what majors dying now? Well, I think any language would be dying. Well, dying, yeah, they died last year. Okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> R.I.P. language. I was upset for the latest thing, to the latest casualty the of a lot of these schools. Mm, a little more specific. That English studies? Mm, a little more specific. But I'm in the right vein. You're in the right area. Oh, not, not art. It's a liberal arts degree. Yeah. History. History? Yeah. They said a lot of schools are getting rid of history because kids just aren't majoring in history. Oh, boy. By the time this all rolls up into a nasty little tinfoil ball, we're gonna, <laughs> the size of Alaska, we're going to be off the planet. We're going to be gone. But what I was reading about that, and then the sidebar was that some of these big universities were offering safe spaces and safe rooms for people that if they were in a particular lecture and they don't like um, what the conversation is or what the conversation's about, they can get up and leave and go to the safe room and safe space. What can I just? What is this? Wasn't well, it supposed to be political? You're supposed to have be able to debate and have dialogue, right? And hear two different points of view. And either one could be right or neither one could be wrong. But if you can support your point of view and say, you know what, I believe this because, and here's why. And somebody yeah. could say, well, I think this because, here's and why. here's why. 
doesn't mean one's wrong and one's right. It means you're having a dialogue about it and you can learn from one another. And, it, and you know, maybe you agree 80 percent and the 20 percent, eh, you don't, you don't agree with. But where, where was the where was also when we were growing up, there was no rule about king of the hill in certain games on the playground there was one winner yeah. and there was a loser but in dialogue and debate there doesn't necessarily have to be a winner or a loser the idea is that you make a point maybe someone's mind shifts a little bit and then you go at them again later and they go after you but we're in debate when they would that's have that's what i want to say the winner takes all mentality is everywhere now yeah. winner takes all either you win or you lose well i i think it's uh it's it's sad but I don't know. So, yeah, so history seems to be the latest thing. And then, of course, languages have all, all kind of gone by the wayside. They said a lot of it is the fault of the United States for being having been such a strong superpower for so long and us not being a language-focused yeah. country other than English that most of the world you can get around with, with English, mm -hmm. and, um, which obviously is a benefit to us. But Except for France. France. The French are funny. Many, many speak English. But they they put you through your paces. Yeah. You gotta you gotta struggle, and then they'll smile, and then in perfect English they'll answer the question you haven't even asked yet because they know what you're trying to ask based on your struggle to say bonjour, ça va. <laughs> you know that was a big problem at the airports was when the European Union became uh, or tried to um, be Europe. I don't want to say the United States of Europe, but to that equivalent. They decided that I think English was going to be used for all the airports for landing and takeoff, but the French insisted that they you, oh yeah which i always laugh about yeah you, you go you go to an airport you've been to ski pole which is the uh the main airport in, in amsterdam. your amsterdam yeah i mean most everything's in english yeah. uh you land obviously in spain it's english and spanish and but france is unique in that you land and it's just french <laughs> and the road signs are the same way you better know you know what you're up to. Well, that's Japan. And I used to always, and that's why I sometimes get irritated in our country. I know we don't have an official language, and I'm going to say something that is very anti-liberal. But our official language is English. Our yeah. laws are written in English. You do a mortgage application in English. English. You get taught in school in English. It's language of business. But they want to make sure, you know, now they, with all the Spanish and everything else, with the influx, they want to, and particularly California, is going haywire. I think you take the driver's test in 48 different languages. Now, Whoa. if I can't read English, I should not be on the road. How are you going to know speed? Well, speed That's what we used number. to say when I would go to Japan. We would be out in the rural Japan, and it was all done in char Japanese. Japanese characters. I can't read it. I didn't understand it. I should not be on the road if I don't know no left turn or I don't know whatever. So why can, why can you take the driver's license in 40-some different languages? I think that's absurd. <laughs> and a waste of taxpayers' money. A lot of money gets into that, yeah. A lot of money. Now, if we were on our old platform, Matt would be playing the Mayberry theme, right? Never get on my soapbox. <laughs> what caught your eye this week, Mr. Nash? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Okay, inventive marketing is what caught my eye this week, and it happens to be from the real estate sector. You, now, you looked ahead at the deck, right? So you saw some of these pictures. I love this. Yeah, this is... I don't all right, know where you found this. Where'd you find this? Uh, two, it was the uh, Houston Chronicle, and then it was also picked up by CNBC or Fox, I think. So I have my news, like I have a, uh, I use a couple of aggregators, and I pick weird sources to get this stuff. Houston realtor faces backlash for using half-naked fitness models to promote home. <laughs> Kristen Gildenge launched the marketing tactic after a client's three-bedroom, two-bath house sat on the market in Houston for over 40 days with no offers. So, <laughs> I love ba If you're watching on the video, we got... Well, it's actually, it's a very video-based Look at thing. the two baby dolls. Look at their butts hanging out there. So they, they hired these two fitness models. The woman basically looks like she's going to dance on a pole. <laughs> and the guy is shirtless and, oh, yeah. and tatted up, and he's just got like a pair of shorts on. There's a picture of him coming down steps, her going up. Then there's a picture of them in the kitchen... He's like he's got no shirt on, but he's got an apron on, and she's like bending over at the counter. So she said uh, that um, within the first 24 hours of putting these styled pictures up, they had over 20,000 views, and before this, they only had a thousand clicks on the house. I wonder if the household. She said, of course we needed, no it did not, to answer your question, <laughs> of course we needed to show off their amazing bodies, and we all know that sex sells, so it needed to be sexy but believable. 
That's the part that gets me, right? Something someone could see themselves in or aspire to see themselves in. Stripper porn is basically what it is. Now, this one I didn't understand. Well, they're enjoying one of their rooms in their new house. Oh. So he's naked to the waist and she's naked to the waist too, but you don't know that because she's face down getting a massage Have from Have you him. ever gotten a massage? Yeah. Did you ever present your ass like that? <laughs> I mean, that well, is... no, because when you... Uh, no, there's a sheet that usually starts at the lower back and goes but you down. usually lay flat. You don't you usually lay flat, arch, yeah. arch your, your back up and, and, and show the booty, do you? Yeah, no, no. So, and she hung those cheap drapes behind him, too. You know, like the house, I think, is totally empty. <laughs> so what did she say? She's... Uh, Gil and... De, uh, what is it? whatever her name is, calls herself the potty-mouthed agent. She told Fox News, after 40 days on the market in several open houses, we still didn't get traffic. She did decide to do this. They pop it up. But, of course, there was pushback. And a lot of people were like, this is tacky, this is disgusting. I think it's brilliant. But she said, you know what? The youngest generation decided years ago they hate realtors. They hate the concept. They think they are fake as all get out and do not need them. So they found ways to avoid us. And so this is her way to break through. Now, there's another panel. So after the don't you? What do you think of it? I think it's brilliant. Well, especially when we see the next. You got plenty pictures. of eyeballs, and I, I, my, my belief would be that if you're going to use fitness models, the guy should have had a shirt on. Maybe it was open, so it's it's a hint of mystery. You know, like the shirt's hanging open. He doesn't have a t-shirt on. Okay, that's sexy, and I don't think the girl had to look like she was going to do. Yeah, the girls were a little more, or a pole. Sorry, but there's a couple other pictures. So a different realtor has chosen to market this property differently. and This isn't the same house. Now. Not the same house, not the same realtor, but what this realtor did was she dressed up in a panda suit with one of those paper mache panda heads. Because that was what was available. <laughs> and I guess it could have been anything. I think this is hysterical. And they show her lounging on a bed, standing in a bathroom, and then the panda's in the kitchen. And that's my favorite one, the panda in the kitchen, I think. But they, should, it, they should have had her eating honey and some bamboo. <laughs> but I just think... It's clever. It's funny. I think in many... <laughs> I, I love think, the one standing in the kitchen. So casual, right? Yeah. Come into my kitchen. In my opinion, uh, the panda is more clever than the body models. Well, because you like that sort of thing. But it's funny. It's different. It sticks yes. out. The models are fine, but, you know, unfortunately, they look like... You don't like skin. No, I, I love skin. No, I you don't like skin. skin. Well, we went to the nude beach. You didn't want to go nude. Well, not, not me. I like looking at it, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that. I'm... I mean, we're in the same part. You wouldn't go nude. No. I happen to like bathing suits. if you had a little panda outfit, you would have probably... I would have worn that panda right away. On the beach. You know, my mom made me dress up as a rabbit one year for... You remember the Easter bunny thing? <laughs> I was sweating like a pig in that. Wait, 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 she what, rented... Halloween? No, my mom loves Easter, right? And so one year she had she did this thing where she put all this the eggs out in the yard. There's going to be an egg hunt, a little egg treasure hunt. How old were you? 19? Oh, this is when I was, it was about 20 years ago. So, oh, maybe it was longer than that. But she rented a bunny costume, an Easter bunny costume. And I show up at the house. She's like, go, go down to the basement. You have to be the bunny. Go down to the basement. Wait a minute, John. This was in your 30s then? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Why have we never heard of this? And are there pictures? Yeah, there are tons of pictures. I thought you saw this. No, I never saw this. Oh, or this is oh. the first I've heard of this. Okay, I need to get the pictures because so what happens is she corrals Did you know me. you were going to be a bunny? No, no idea. She, I have a nice shirt on. I have slacks. I show up at the house. Get to the basement right now. So I go to the basement and there's this paper mache head I'm sitting on the uh, a, a table. And then there's this big costume, the bunny costume with a big bow and buttons. The whole. I get into that thing. They zip me up. They put the head on. And, you, and you're looking through like mesh, chicken wire or something. And I, and I immediately begin to sweat because the costume's hot. And it's April, you know, it was a, it's a mild spring day. You have to go out. So they, they had to walk me out the back. I had to come into the front. All the kids, my nieces were like... I was going to say, who was this for? It was all the nieces and nephews. So my nieces were at the time probably three or four years old, four or five maybe at the, at the most. Oh, it's the bunny. It's the bunny. It's the bunny. Yay. Then she sets up a chair. And, and the bunny has to sit in the chair, and everybody has to sit on the bunny's lap and have a picture taken, and, and they have to tell the Easter bunny what they want for Easter, like Santa Claus or something. Yeah. I cannot believe I've you know, never heard always... this, and I can't believe I've not seen photographs. I don't think it's on the Facebook. No, no, this is old. I, got, I'll, I, I know where not the photographs are. that old. Well, old I I'm glad you played along. <laughs> Your mother was probably delighted. 
I can't. She didn't tell you before you arrived. Of well, Greg was with me. My How old, many kids were there? Oh, it was a couple families. So there were about six or seven kids, and then there was a whole bunch of adults that all had to sit on Bunny's lap. I love to see Greg's. Face. Uh, Greg was. All right, yeah. So Greg was there, and then Greg goes, "Hey, Bunny, what would you rather?" Oh, <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Oh my God, we got another bear joining us. A bear on the set. Do you want to get a, you want to get a chair? You've got to get down a little bit so we can see Yeah, it. see the head. <laughs> oh my God, I got scared. I thought there would bomb one off. Uh, it's what a furry. That? <laughs> That's Garrett. Garrett, what is that? It's Garrett's bear costume. We call him a bear. So Allie one year got him a costume as a bear for his birthday. I love that. You wear That's hysterical. It, you wear it around? Do you, do you well, I doubt it. When he's in the mood. Yeah, I wore it that one day they got it for me. <laughs> and today. Today. Yeah, because of your story. It inspired him. I wonder if we should get outfits, John. Maybe we can Garrett, wear a little pajamas. Big thumbs up. Hilarious. Hilarious. What's your girlfriend think of that, Garrett? She might not have seen she it. She doesn't even know. Yeah, uh, yeah, she might not have seen it. Don't you think maybe you could take that home and, you know, add a little spice to the <laughs> oh, I teddy bear? Yeah. Guys, does that add spice or does that take spice away? <laughs> I don't know. I think it might add. You can get her a little outfit. She could be a little cub. Pot of honey, perhaps. Little pot of honey. <laughs> <laughs> nicely done. Nicely played, Garrett. Very oh, nicely would you, played. Would you put on a little outfit like that? Yeah, sure. I've got See? some outfits. These guys are on it. <laughs> they're very they're very flexible and fun. So at one point Greg looks at me and he he does this, like which is like, boy, the bunny needs a joint or something. And so I start and my mom says, like, what is the bunny doing? What is the bunny doing? Bunny wants a carrot. And, and Greg goes, bunny needs a little, bunny needs something to make him happy. <laughs> so that's when all the pictures stopped. The head came off. I was soaking wet all the way down to my waist from this heated costume. My mom goes, wasn't that great? And I could, I could wring my shirt out. I was so soaking wet. And I'm I, like, I want to get pictures. All right. I'm gonna, I, I let me pictures. jot this down for you. Jot it down, and we're going to post them on the website as well, on the Facebook page. Of all the Easters that have passed, I can't believe that these haven't shown up. The best picture is me. There's a group. It was a, it's a group photo. I'm standing in the middle as, with the big head on, and I'm doing this. And everybody's around me. I'm like, bunny. But I'm, I'm not me. I'm the bunny. So there you go. <laughs> Look at Tim's face. If you see, if you're listening on the uh, audio podcast, by all means, go over to uh, YouTube and check out Focus Group Radio to see some of this and to see Garrett in costume. Garrett in that, costume. That's a rare. That's a good one. All right. So that caught my eye. Went a little down the rabbit hole with. I'll, I'll be nice. To give, to Garrett, did you have pants on underneath that? Of course he did. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. I wasn't bare naked. <laughs> well, next time I want to see the full thing. You're going to come in here. <laughs> Make it worth the trip. <laughs> all right. Mine's real boring. Last week, and thanks to all of you who made fun of me on Facebook, saying I can't wait to go to Tim's house for a puzzle party. <laughs> yeah. A puzzle of the United States. For deep discount. A deep, deep discount. was 60 pieces for 50 states. Right, because yeah. New England's one piece because some of the states are small, whatever. However, here's why you need the puzzle. And here's why you should get the puzzle for everybody for Christmas. Go to Deep Discount and get it. Here's the headline. This was last week. Couple briefly refused a marriage license when the clerk asked them for a New Mexico passport. So Gavin Clarkson, who's from New Mexico, he was in D.C. to see his fiance. They said he's had a tough few months. He lost the Republican primary in New Mexico's congressional race. And then he also lost another race to be New Mexico's secretary of state. He said, but his biggest, biggest um, failure was trying to get a marriage license on November 20th. He had to argue with the D.C. Superior Court clerk, who apparently didn't know New Mexico was a state. So if you're watching, I've got a picture of the United States as to where New Mexico is located. Mm -hmm. Now, I would go out on a limb and I would bet you one million dollars that our president, current president, probably could not name all 50 states. Do you agree or no? I agree. Okay. I agree. Yeah. No argument there. So he says to the clerk, he said, are you kidding me? She said, we cannot give you a marriage license because you're foreign. He said, I'm from New Mexico. It's been a state since it's the 47th state. January 6, 1912, we became a state over 100 years ago. She had to call a supervisor. She had to call a supervisor? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So the supervisor came over wow. and he explained where he lived and she showed him, she showed his driver's license. The clerk again asked if he had a passport. He said, no, I am a United States, States citizen. citizen. 
And he just started shaking his head. And actually, he said he thought he was on some sort of like goof prank show or something because he just couldn't believe this. Here he is in Washington, D.C. He can't be the first person that this clerk has seen from New Mexico. But he said, whatever. So um, he finally, they did finally get a hold of a supervisor. He said, I think what happened is they went back and Googled New Mexico. <laughs> And realized it oh was my a God. state. Google that at an office that's supposed to know, uh -huh. right? So the clerk came back and said, and then she, they sent out this message. We understand that a clerk at our marriage bureau made a mistake regarding New Mexico in its hundred and six year history as a state. Leah Gorowitz said, "We very much regret the error and the slight delay that it caused a New Mexico residence in applying for their marriage license." So, I just laughed. And now th there are studies. I don't know if there's studies, but they often ask about when people name states or if they say, can you name the 50 states or pick them out? New Mexico and sometimes Wyoming, but mostly New Mexico is probably most forgotten. They say now for whatever reason, who knows? You know, I buy that. I buy that. Yeah, I, I don't. I, they're not even in the news that often. Utah's in the news. But Albuquerque, you know. okay. Santa Fe, it's all in New Mexico. And we were, we were, we drove through there on one of our VW road trips, the Beetle trip. In fact, that, did we, was it in New Mexico we went to that, that area, oh. the rest station that had the uh, alien, like they had this display, and then we were driving to Santa Fe, and there was that big storm we went through. Yeah, we were, yeah. And then we stayed at that. Into the blue, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's another. We were at this inn, this gay inn. We listened to the listeners, and the listeners gave it. And and we oh, we listened to a listener. Tim stayed in a room that had not been opened or used in a while, and it was dusty. Uh, a while, like long time. And we had we shared a bathroom. The sixties. But at one point, we were going to go out to dinner, and I'm downstairs, and I had changed his shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm kneeling down, and I'm playing, and I'm petting a cat. There's they had a nice cat. And the the owner is behind me, and he goes, "You can pet that cat all day." And Tim goes, "Let's get going, John. Stand up, stand up." So we finally walk out of the place, and I'm like, "What was that all about?" He goes, "The guy was looking down the crack of your ass as you pet the cat." <laughs> so the place was the like, place oh, okay. was was one cocktail away from a bathhouse. It was dirty, dumpy, yeah. and the whole thing was the breakfast. Oh, which had moldy bread. Remember the bread? Yeah, I remember moldy. the bread. Yeah, we 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 hightailed it. We could. I would have been happy. The most expensive place we stayed driving cross country in the worst. The most and the best place was one of the cheapest. It was Oklahoma City. That yeah, was incredible nice. hotel. Oh my god, it was beautiful. What was that thing called? The Cortland? No. Court? Yeah, the Cortland or something downtown. Yeah, and it was an old office building. Yeah, it, it was had been gorgeous. Converted. God. And good, good amenities. Yeah, oh my, yeah. you made sure I took the shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take the shampoo? I'm like, I took the shampoo. The business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. Jerome Monroe Smucker was born in this date December 5th, 1858 in Wayne County, Ohio. was a Mennonite. I didn't know he was a Mennonite. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> was a uh, he died he died in 48 at 89 years old he an american farmer and businessman he founded the jm smucker company in 1897 he started out by selling apple butter from the back of a horse drawn wagon the family was of swiss descent they were as i said mennonites i love I, i'm just going to say this because i love the names of his mother and father gideon and magdalena zook Smucker. Whoa, whoa, that's that's hardcore Bible, right? That's, that's good. <laughs> so he built the family business of four farms and a creamery uh, during the day, and he would spend his evenings tutoring his neighbors in good penmanship. Reminds me of you. That's something you would do. We're going to do penmanship. Sit down. That's the correct way to draw the letter J. He added a cider mill in 1897. That was the beginning of Smucker's. The first batch of apples that the farm grew came from seeds from Johnny Appleseed. I'm making a face, but... Uh, you don't believe it? That was kind of like an urban legend. Listen, you right? go anywhere in the Midwest, like where I went to school in Marietta, Ohio, every, everybody's got... Johnny Appleseed's been everywhere. He, these it, are Johnny Appleseed trees. That's kind of like the, the beds that George Washington has slept uh -huh. in. Yeah, okay. Slept a lot. In other words, George Washington basically slept his whole life, if you go by the... <laughs> well, it's, and it's kind of like Kim Jong-un, right? Or, uh, you know, never stays the same place twice. Or Saddam was saying, you never sleep the same place twice. Washington was all over the place, wasn't he? <laughs> up, and down the, up and down the coast. <laughs> So uh, to extend the sales of Apple products year-round, this is where we're not smart. To extend the sale of Apple products year-round, he began manufacturing apple butter from an old family recipe, and it soon became their most popular product. They were also the very first company to list ingredients on their jams and jellies. 
before it was required by law. They did mm. that way back in 1921. He, and uh, it is still, the Smucker business is still family owned and operated, and it's still headquartered in Oroville, Ohio. The, uh, the name Schmucker, or Smucker, used to be Schmucker when they came over in the 1700s, and it was changed for a couple of generations to Smoker. Smoker? No, I, I like Smucker. So it came as a Schmucker with a C. Yeah. It was changed to Smoker when they got to Ellis Island. Because they're Mennonite, they thought it was too associated with tobacco. So, so they, they changed it back to Smucker. Take that out, of the CH. Yeah, okay. That's how the name came about. Um... As well as being synonymous with jam, I didn't realize this, they also are one of the largest consumer products giants. Their portfolio includes Folgers, Jif, Crisco, and Pillsbury. And their whole philosophy about business, and I love this, is to have the number one market position in any category that they're competing in. So if you're watching, there's a chart that shows some of the brands that they have or that they're affiliated with or that they license. They said that they own, the, they own 53% of the share of mainstream roast and ground coffee. They're number one in the country. Number one market position by a wide margin um, in peanut butter. They have 46% share of the peanut butter market. They also have 44% of the share of the fruit spread market. And they just bought a pet company, which currently is number two in cat food and number three in dog food, but they expect it to be number one once they get themselves and, and the portfolio straightened out. Big Heart Pet Brands. They just closed in that in March. Wow. I, I I was unaware that they had so many things. So are you a, are you do you like apple butter? I do, but I don't buy it. Like if 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 I go somewhere and there's apple butter, I'll spread it on something. But I don't I don't. What's amazing about the fact that they started the company with how to use extend the life of apples during the year is, I couldn't find Smucker's apple butter if you paid me today. There's other organic the brands, brands right. do it now and apple butter. If you get organic apple butter, if you read the ingredients, it's just basically apples. Yeah. It's good. I, I say it's actually great for you. But you think you don't? You couldn't find Smuckers because you have a perception of what Smuckers is. No, I've looked in the. Would Smuckers. you buy Smuckers jelly? We used to always buy Smucker. That was the house grape jelly was the the brand uh, grape jam or I think it's jelly was the yeah or strawberry preserves was the other one. But Smuckers was our family. See, I'm still a Jif guy as well. I won't do Skippy. I'm Jif. We were Skippy, but we, we did Smuckers. Yeah, like Hellman's versus Miracle Whip. Right. You were Hellman's. Favorite Hellman's. Yeah. <laughs> really, the millennials don't eat mayonnaise. Do you guys eat mayonnaise? Yeah. Not yeah, a lot, definitely. but so you're sandwiches, rare. maybe. I was sandwiches reading that today in the books. Huh? Potato salad or yeah. things like that. Yeah. 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 Well, they're saying your people don't eat it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh -huh. like the your people. The millennials. <laughs> I'm 40. It gets 40. <laughs> they're not millennials. They're considered a millennial. I don't know. What's a millennial now? Millennials are like 30. Yeah, I was out of college so by millennials. 34, technically, I think. Yeah. How old are you, John? 32. So, I'm so he's a millennial, yeah. Technically. But I'm on the cusp, so I got some of the, you know. Well, John and I are on the cusp, too, of baby boomers and Gen X. There's a changes in 64. So yeah. we're on the cusp, too. Hey, if you're a fan of our show, you know that uh, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group. And uh, we'd like you to go to focusgroupradio.com and click on the Deep Discount logo, and maybe Sharky will come visit you, and you can get some Arr! great deals on some good products. Right now, uh, there's some last-minute gift ideas that we wanted to share with you. And um, I was looking, I got lost in the rabbit hole a little bit, and then I came across something that I thought was interesting. And uh, it was, I love Lucy, but it was the final seasons. Well, so have you ever seen the hour so the episodes? Were they in Connecticut? Was this when she worked in an office? No, no, that was the Lucy show, and Lucy, here's Lucy. show. Okay, so, so no. what happened was after. So, if you're a, a fan of the Lucy franchise, you know the Ricardos left moved. New York with the Mertzes and they moved to Westport, Connecticut. And there was only about ten or fifteen, maybe ten or a little less of, uh, or between ten and fifteen of the half-hour episodes in black and white, where Fred and Ethel and everybody's there. But what happened was they wanted to try to, they felt that while they were still on top, Desi did, because he was a little bit of the brains behind the operation, felt they needed to change before it was too late. So he decided that they were going to add in all these movie stars to help move the show along and gain popularity and still keep their number one spot. So instead of being on every week, they were on maybe once or twice a month with these hour episodes. Uh, okay. So still based in Westport, still had Fred and, Fred and Ethel and little Ricky. But most of the screen time was taken up by Lucy and these celebrities. Ricky had very little screen time. Fred and Ethel, very little as well, other than when it came time for somebody to help Lucy out. 
And so I'll just run through quickly the list of some of the people that starred. Um, Ann Southern, Rudy Valley, Cesar Romero, Tallulah Bankhead, who apparently was drunk, just sh- just showed up for the <laughs> allegedly. That, I like that. Never right came, off. never came to rehearsal, but they said and just showed up and did it brilliantly. And she knew her lines. So it's funny when you watch these episodes to know the backstory of like they didn't know where she was, didn't even know if she'd show up for the taping. They said she came and she did a great job. Fred McMurray, Betty Grable, Harry James, Fernando Lamas, uh, Marie Chevalier, Danny Thomas, Red Skelton, Ida Lupino. Milton Berle, uh, Ernie Kovacs, and Edie Adams. That was the very last show. So the question I would have for you is, you know, like a couple of networks will run the Lucy. Hallmark does, uh, Cozy TV maybe, a couple other things. Do they put these in rotation? So these have only been shown once recently. I think in 2015, there's a little obscure channel called Decades. I know Decades, yeah. That ran a... Ran it on a weekend. Ran, I think there's, uh, I forget how many there are. Um, but they ran all of them all weekend. So many people have never seen these. Yeah, they, they were never seen. Um, I uh, There was another, maybe Antenna TV or something, did, did a little something with it. But that's why I picked it, because if you were a fan of I Love Lucy. This is something you haven't seen. And they went to Connecticut. You probably haven't seen these. I haven't seen them. And so that's why I thought they were interesting. I've watched some of them only because I was such a goofy fan and I had a friend buy me the, the Question, full set. Are, are they good? Oh, you know, <laughs> Garrett. Yeah. So Garrett's just laughing because if you have to take that long to answer and think of how you're going to answer, like if they were great, you'd be like, they're great. You got to go out and get well, it. Here's what I think they struggled with. If you look at any TV at that time in the, the, the late, late 50s, early 60s, I'm not sure the I Love Lucy franchise got out of the 50s. Correct. Okay. So as they're trying to modern her and, and change the hairstyle and try to do some different things, it just seemed to me to be sort of a disconnect. And they always seemed to have a movie star that moved next door was staying next door. I, they're, they're entertaining. Okay. Well, it's her. It's yeah. Lucille Ball. And they're entertaining. And, but the, the one, if you ver- watch the very last one, which I've always paid attention to, there's a scene where she kisses Ricky goodbye with the mustache. And it's literally she gave him divorce papers. Right after right that. After that, and they never really talked again. And they said that there was the reason why it stopped was that they said she was crying so much in between scenes, and they were fighting so much that her eyes were so red. Even the makeup, they said, thank God it was done in black and white. Oh they were my fighting God! So much. Really? So that's why I think if you're a fan of this sort of thing, that's that, a must-have. Yeah, okay. it's, it's just. So I went too long on that. But anyway. I don't know. I think it's really cool because how do you take a franchise or a show as popular as that was and do what they did, go on the glide path or wind it down or try to reinvent it for a different decade or a different time span? Yeah, you get So you get the full box set, season seven, eight, and nine for uh, $13.39. Wow. Okay. Well, just for the archival thing alone, that's yeah. great to have. What'd you find? Okay. Mine's different. Um and Lauren, who's from Deep Discount, Arr, Sharky the Shark, hello, Lauren. She's not a fan of this director. No? No. I'm, How do you I, know that? I, we, we, when she was here for dinner in New York, she said, hey, by the way, I, I'm not really a big Wes Anderson fan because <laughs> I was going off on all the Wes Anderson movies I love. But I recently saw a while ago when Deep Discount got um, Isle of Dogs, which was a stop-motion puppet movie about dogs. It's, it has a very Japanese theme to it. It's hysterical. I love it. I went backward to his, Wes Anderson did another uh, stop motion animated film and it's called Fantastic Mr. Fox. And it's based on a book by uh, Raoul Dahl, you know, who did James and the Giant Peach, the whole thing. Mr. Fox, the Fantastic Mr. Fox is a story of a clever, quick, nimble, and exceptionally well-dressed wild animal. A compulsive chicken thief turned newspaper reporter, Mr. Fox settles down with his family at a new foxhole in a beautiful tree directly adjacent to three enormous poultry farms owned by three ferociously vicious farmers. So it's the fox against the farmers because they're going to destroy the foxhole, and he recruits all the other animals, and they all have personalities. Like any Wes Anderson movie, um... There's a couple of people that pop up, William Defoe, Bill Murray, but then there's the voice acting of George Clooney, who plays Mr. Fox. Is the fox walking around on two legs? Yeah, I yeah. I've seen and this he, And he's dressed, he's got a bow tie, and he's always happy, and it's a very, very well done, in my opinion, movie, and as a stop motion, as an animated property, it just, 
the detail that goes into the little miniature things is just incredible. So I recommend Fantastic Mr. Fox. Now, John has up on screen the Fantastic Mr. Spot Fox Criterion version. This is the one I recommend. One get. You can buy a normal Blu-ray. I think it's like 9 or $10, but the Criterion one is approved by Wes Anderson. We know it comes from the Criterion. We should have a new one. The Criterion. Roll the That's R. The gold the standard. Criterion, the gold standard. And it's got a whole bunch of extras about how they constructed the puppets, how they did the stop motion work, and um, you know interviews with the director, the whole bit. So go for the Criterion one, spend the money; it's worth it. Because if you fall, if you like Dial of Dogs, you're gonna love. <laughs> you're gonna love Fantastic Mr. Fox. I'll have to watch that because you, you you wanted me to watch that dog movie. Oh, you're gonna like Isle of Dogs, especially since you've been to Japan. Yeah. So the new release this week is The Handmaid's Tale, season two on Blu-ray. Now, I, I've put this on, and John has, has told me I need to. Oh, yeah. Um, I just got a subscription, and I think I might try to watch this. But I, I, I don't know. What, okay, have so, you watched it? Yeah, I, I watched most of season one of Handmaid's Tale. I popped out for a little bit because it's a heavy, heavy show. So this is based on a book, I believe, by Margaret Atwood. Um, yeah, Margaret Atwood's novel. I read the book years ago, and, and the, th the premise is very simple. Fertility rates have dropped in the U.S. due to pollution, environmental issues, and the Christian right, or the Christian fundamentalists, have basically taken over, and they now run the United States, which is no longer called the United States. It's called something else. They didn't put it in here. A New Gideon or something like that. The Handmaid is this woman who's given to a, a, a well-positioned person in the Christian organization and her sole purpose is to bear children if the guy has a wife it's creepy the mormon <laughs> so in the book they describe how the handmaid will be between the wife and the husband when they have sex because he's going to impregnate her and the wife just lays there playing like the husband is it's so so the the, the show is really well done if you guys are if you any, said it was tough though very hard to watch because the the Too way close to home you think oh the way women Anybody who's not of the body or of this organization is treated very, very poorly. And Elizabeth Moss plays June Osborne. You remember Elizabeth Moss was Peggy Olsen from um, Little Mad House Men. or Mad Men. Mad Men. I think it was Peggy Olsen. Is it Peggy Olsen was her last name? But she's Peggy from Mad Men. She does a star turn, man. There is... It's heavy. So if you buy, if you get, the reason it might be great on Blu-ray, both seasons, I know they're doing Blu-ray season two, you could watch an episode, turn it off, take a break, watch it. But it's not. Everybody not I've talked to said you don't want to binge this because really? it's heavy. You, you, you. The show ends. You're like, I think I'm going to watch a cartoon. <laughs> so you can get season one and probably see how, how many seasons? How many Just shows? Two, you, but how many shows in each one? Do you think? Oh, I think it's like 13 episodes okay, per so season. So typical. Yeah. Oh, wow. So pick up uh, The Handmaid's Tale season two on Blu-ray. So we just to recap, uh, we went over. Last-minute gift sale. Tim highly recommends the I Love Lucy final seasons where she is aligned with a lot of Hollywood celebrities. Great thing to own if you're a big fan yep. of, the, of, the whole, uh, of the whole Lucy universe. I recommend Fantastic Mr. Fox, the Criterion Collection version. It's, it's worth the extra money to, to get all the back matter. And the new release this week is Handmaid's Tale Season 2. What do we say, Garrett? Thanks, Deep Discount. All right, we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we have a shop talk, and it's... Looking at the uh, life of George H.W. Bush from the LGBT community's perspective, which might be a little different than what the media is reporting. So we'll get right back to you. Brought to you by the Volkswagen Tiguan. Visit VW.com to learn more. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Welcome to the State Funeral Alternative. Uh, this is... <laughs> too soon. This is, the, soon, this is yeah. the focus group with Tim Ben and John Nash. We hope you're joining us live. We know a lot of you time shift, and we know that there's... I don't know if the festivity is still going on down at the National Cathedral, boys. It's in commercial, so oh. I'm going to say no. No, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so welcome to the focus group. <laughs> the um, So as you know, President uh, George Bush, 41, had uh, has passed away, and the state funeral is today, December 5th. 
And I, I notice this always happens with any sort of um, high profile political figures, even President Nixon when he passed or President Reagan. Um, we seem to be a lot kinder. Our history seems to be a lot kinder on our presidents as time has gone on, particularly in this case, seeing as everybody thinks that the current administration is just so far different than any other yeah. thing we've encountered before. And so there's been lots of positive um, chatter and uh, lots of uh, talk about what a gentle and kind man that George H.W. Bush was. And he had done some some great things. He oversaw the fall of the, the or the collapse of the Soviet Union, reunification of Germany. Also, um, did eventually sign some anti-discrimination uh, bills, probably forced along by the Democratic Congress at the time. But Michelangelo Signorelli, who um, very much an LGBT pundit and a former colleague of ours at SiriusXM, had penned an article in the Huffington Post where. Um, didn't take too kind of a view on him. Was that the right way to say it, John? Well, to, when you were setting this up, what was going through my mind was rose-colored glasses. Yeah. When you look behind you, everything seems like a gentler, different, oh, no, they didn't do this, or, oh, it's a different time. And Michelangelo, uh, as Tim said, has he's on progress now, right? Yep. Um, and his last book was It's Not Over, which was rather... Um, foreshadowed a lot of stuff that was going on when everybody was, oh, gay marriage is here, everything's Omniscient? over. Would that be the right word? Um, um, yeah, yeah, like seeing everything. So, yeah, he was very... He kicked off the article with a quote from John Meacham, who many people see on TV. I like the guy. He's a, he's a, um, a really well-spoken man, has written a number of books about presidents and about government, but... He said that he described Bush as a man who, quote, believed that he was not a Republican president, he was a president, noting that there's something very old-fashioned about that. And Michelangelo uses that as a stepping stone to begin piece by piece going through the four, year administ the four years of his administration and how, no, he really wasn't everybody's president. He was a Republican president. And thanks to him, in many ways, he drew the evangelical and far right closer to the Republican Party and empowered them more by actually following some of their advice on things. He did give a speech on AIDS in, in 1990. Uh, it was long on compassion, but short on strategy and commitment to funding. And during that speech, uh, Urvashi Vaid, who was then the head, the director of the N N National Lesbian LGBTQ Task Force, she actually stood up in the gallery and held up a sign that said, talk is cheap, AIDS funding is not. I didn't know that these things went on even. I no. wasn't paying attention to some Well, we of also didn't have the 24-7 news cycle. News cycle, correct. Yeah, you're Social right. Social media right. to let us know every second what was going on. Um, he did in the end. He bowed to the same extremist Reagan did when it came to AIDS and LGBTQ rights. As the Washington Post noted, Bush allowed evangelicals to mature as a movement within the GOP, which I said earlier. He did sign, as Tim said, the American with, Americans with Disabilities Act, and that also included protections for individuals with HIV. And he did sign the 1990 Ryan White Care Act, which it passed overwhelmingly, but Congress had passed it. Yeah. So... He says in here it was, but it took years of work by the indefatigable, <laughs> he likes words like that, Democrats, Senators Edward Kennedy and Rep. Henry Waxman, but it was too little too late. By the point, nearly 10 years into the epidemic, 150,000 cases of people with HIV had been reported in the U.S. and 100,000 people had died due to AIDS. Now, if you had said, and this is an argument and a discussion point that many people have brought up, think of those numbers for a minute, 150,000. Recently, and I, I, this is a really crass comparison, but four people got sick from romaine lettuce, the country goes crazy. 150,000 people diagnosed with HIV and, and a number of deaths that are incredibly, 100,000, and it took that long to do something about it? Well, and I know I'm, the, I'm making a specious comparison, but... The visibility of... Um, I mean, think about how gay men were treated then because yeah. you know now it's women of color that are prim primarily infected i believe but if you think about what was happening then and how people were treated i mean you and i grew up in that era of uh of fear yep and people not respecting you or not um being supportive and we all have friends and we all know people friends lovers brothers sisters uncles that died of aids and um you, when you and I, you and I had mentioned this, we we had Ron Reagan, Ronald Reagan's son on, and asked him that question about... Why didn't your dad... Acknowledge yeah. it or whatever. 
I don't know if we give him a pass or not, but he essentially said it really wasn't on his dad's radar, and it wasn't a constituency. Correct. There. That was the big takeaway. It wasn't a constituency. But if all Americans are a constituency, because because this goes on further than to talk about how Pat Buchanan yeah. really went on to force Bush to go even more conservative and gave him a great slot at, uh, at the convention where he talked about the militant homosexual rights movement. But I, I looked at this. There was there was something in one of the pictures. If you're if you're watching on video, is of uh, Barbara Bush and uh, and George Bush, and they were officiants at a same sex wedding up in Kennebunkport, Maine. And these were neighbors of theirs, friends of theirs in Maine. And because there was a lot said about what his feeling was about marriage, uh, marriage equality, he did give a speech about it. Against it. Against it. Right. Years before it was on the radar. Right. And if we remember correctly, the Clintons were against it. Yes, Obama, Obama, Obama was against Michelle it. So people do, along, yeah. Yeah, people do evolve. do evolve. What I often wondered about this, and you and I have had people on over the years on the show that were staffers, one person in particular, uh, Chris Edwards, of the Bushes. They had a lot of gay staffers. Yeah. I mean, I think George George Bush, George H. W. Bush. They showed either a chief of staff or assistant deputy or somebody that was petrified and worked for him. And they said, and and George H. W. confronted him directly. Are you gay? And he said, Yes. He said, Have I ever said anything that offended you? If I did, I feel horrible about it. I want you to be happy. I want you to know that, you know, you're you're welcome here. Da 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 da. So I, I my question was because Dick Cheney, the other one, right? Uh, he Dick was Cheney part of both administrations, the Bush administration. And Dick Cheney had an aide named Pete Williams, who was well known as as being a gay man and right. um and so they have staffers yep they knew people <laughs> condoleezza rice mm -hmm. no one's ever confirmed well, that but allegedly yeah allegedly well this goes to this whole thing of the hypocrisy of politics right so that picture of bush of barbara and and hw officiating a wedding in kennebunkport everybody looked thrilled yeah they looked like they knew these people they, they were Friends, happy for yeah. them that tells me that, you know, I'm, I'm sure that everything we're hearing about what a good man he was, I believe that. But then you sell your soul to have this public persona to rattle the cage and to go against the gays and get the pitchforks and the knives and I'm not going to sign this bill or I'm not going to put funding to it. So I think that that split, that, that fission between the private, that beautiful story to have I ever said anything that offended you. And he was, you know, when you sincere. hear it, I'm sure he was sincere, totally sincere. Yeah. And like, I really, I apologize. But then you almost feel like that, that aide or that person who worked in the white house that was gay, you almost feel like they should say, well, yeah, actually here's a list of everything you've done publicly that's going to make my life more difficult right. here in the here in the west wing it's everything's jim dandy but the rest of the country's not so as i was driving into new york and i this is the first i've ever heard this and i don't know if this story's i assume it's true because i heard it on the tv or i heard it on the radio but there was a story that said that george hw and bill clinton became very close yeah, they did almost like father son figure and they said if you remember when george w bush gave all that money for aids funding to africa yep. And they said that really came from Bill Clinton talking to George H.W. Talking to his talk son. to his son. And they, so maybe things do move, move slowly or whatever. But when, you, when I thought about that, I thought, wow, that's the first I ever heard that. And they said that it really was built out of that friendship that Bill Clinton had with George W.'s father and then him with his yeah. son talking about – because what, what that – funding did for for the continent of africa with aids was tremendous and if i'm not mistaken it, it was one of the quietest aspects mm -hmm. of george bush's administration but they it, they funded it there was the biggest amount of dollars yep. to fight and combat with an information campaign a wellness campaign medications and it was really under the radar i mean how often did the media report on that but you know i remember hearing him in an in an interview once talking about how that was that was beyond party or country that was about being good to your fellow human being right. and the and the, the the african subcontinent was being ravaged by hiv aids in some cases it still is depending on the part of the the country you're in or the continent so this was an interesting take on the um it was a counterpoint a counterpoint to all the the rosy media stories about um 
how wonderful he was. And yes, I'm not going to disagree. And in fact, the fascinating thing to me is that we can say all this because do things really get worse? And then you look back and you're like, oh, <laughs> boy, that was a nice time that people were civil. <laughs> but Tim and I were laughing about this before coming on air. You know, there's Obama, Clinton, I wonder if Carter might be there. Is yeah, that, they're all there. They're fine. All, so all they're all there. But the elephant in the room happens to be the size of an elephant. And that's the current president <laughs> who I don't think he has any love lost with any of them. No, and I don't think they have any love lost with him either. I just remember what George Bush said during one of my favorite things after the uh, uh, Trump's inauguration speech. That was some heavy shit. <laughs> <laughs> or when George H.W. Bush said he voted for Hillary. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need. Hey, by the way, if you go to our Facebook page, which is focusgroupradio.com, I have a, a little story I wrote there. It's actually a long story, but it's a little story and uh, about me sharing a bathroom with uh, George H.W.P. It's a fun story. Being with him at the, the 2000 presidential convention, which I, I'm sure probably could not happen now. No. All right. So we are going to take a uh, – so as the funeral progresses, and yes, we're remembering a, a fine – a patriot and a good man and a guy who contributed to his country, but – uh, a little uneven when it came to all citizens, including the LGBTQ community. That's probably the best way to say it. Nice way, John. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up with a very short, because it's hilarious, uh, piece about evangelicals who are boy boycotting stores because of their representation of Christmas. And I think you're going to like this one, so we'll be right back after this break. Brought to you by the seven-seater Volkswagen Atlas. Life's as big as you make it. Visit VW.com to learn more. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. And in business a week, I got more money and I know what to do with. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. Herrera Rocher. He is doing fine. Yeah. It really, wow. Hey, welcome back to the Focus Group. As John mentioned before we went to break, we've got a nice and naughty list. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. Uh, As you're out doing your, your holiday shopping or Christmas shopping, first of all, nobody ever told you you can't say Merry Christmas. There's no, I say it, it, if, it if it's, if I'm not sure of someone's um, religious affiliation or what they're passionate about, I default, and New York City is like this, San Fran too, Chicago, you default to Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. It's a nice greeting. We're in the middle of Hanukkah right but, now. For example, like our when I was in our old apartment building, I knew that our doormen and our porters, uh, they celebrated Christmas. So when I saw them, I'd be like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And I had my Jewish friends, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. You know, it's not a big and deal. And if you ask your Jewish friends, because I did. Hey, I put said, it. Do you ever get offended if you were at a store and somebody says to you, Merry Christmas? And I said to my friend Jeff, I said, what do you do if someone says Merry Christmas? I say, Merry Christmas. <laughs> They have a good sense of humor it's about like, well, it. You, you know, it, it happened his whole life. So the um, the Liberty Council, which sounds like a legal firm, but it's not. It's one of these um, <laughs> is evangelical not, yeah. evangelical uh, right wing kind of crazies is what I'll call them. And our favorite, John and I have tangled with the AFA, the American Family Association, for years. It's when nothing. John and I did work uh, for Subaru and some other brands in the LGBT, They'd get up space, in our grill. They're always, always. Trying to how dare you sell to these heathen gays? Right, I mean it's just crazy. So they put together for the holiday season or the Christmas season. The Christmas. They put together the nice and naughty list. So we'll just go through some of the brands. Um, I would just like to point out on one thing on the naughty and nice list on their PDF. They have the nativity. They have the cradle where Jesus was born. But then in the background, there's a hill with the three crosses on it. Yeah. That's two different holidays. Well, one is the death and the resurrection. That's Easter. Yeah, that's over, well, and that's, Easter's by the way, the horizon. that is the most important holiday in Catholicism, in yeah. Christianity. It's not necessarily the birth of the Savior. Anyway, I'm just. I found what I thought were some evangelicals, if you're watching on the. <laughs> All wearing Christmas sweaters. And then the husband, I think, got, well. He was... I don't know about the one on the left. That's, yeah, you know, with the stockings and the, yeah, well. Well, you know, they have different strokes for different folks. Strokes, depending on the part of the country, you right? You have to be gay to be a man to wear a dress. So, so <laughs> anyway, they put together this list, John. So who are nice? Well, so the, the really the criteria was based upon whether or not you mentioned Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. Correct. And whether you showed imagery. So one of the brands, I was surprised, American Eagle Outfitters, which was based over in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. 
So they were a nice brand. Bath and Body Works were okay. Bath and Body Works were okay because the website said... Um, they had a Christmas category, right? And it said, it encouraged you to find out what Christmas smells like. And that made on, that made the nice list. So uh, we're only going to do the big ones, yeah. right? So Best Buy was another one. Best Buy because they sold decorations. They tr they carry traditional decorations, and they also have a selection on their website called Christmas. Christmas. This is a very... Yeah. This one is obvious. Hallmark. Obviously, Hallmark carries lots of cards labeled Christmas in the category. <laughs> we also have Christmas wrapping paper and stationery. And Christmas ornaments. And a large selection of nativity scenes. <laughs> Head over to the Hallmark. And if you want to, yeah. And of course, the Kingpin. This is it, John. This is the one they love the most. Hobby Lobby. Yes. Hobby Lobby. What do they got? Hobby they Lobby, have? they're the best in many ways. Their homepage prominently advertises Christmas products, and they carry many products printed with Merry Christmas. Printed! Pre-manufactured Merry Christmas. <laughs> many of their items are actually labeled as Christmas decorations. Labeled as Christmas. And there is a large selection of nativity scenes. That's the big one. They love a nativity scene, and they like the word Christmas. I don't understand where it says many other items are actually labeled as Christmas decorations. What else would they be? They might take yarn. <laughs> you know, like yarn during all the year is yarn, but in December, yarn could be for wrapping presents for bows and stuff. I would never think of Home Depot as a place to do my holiday shopping, Neither although they said that they include many Christmas trees, Christmas lights, and outdoor Christmas decorations. They have those blow up things everywhere if you ever. I love those, Depot. yeah. What was the other one there? J.C. Penny. That's a good one. Big one. Uh, that's because their website, they sell lights, they sell trees. The website has Christmas decorations, and, and they also have themed items. Kmart, well, for now, because Kmart's kind of part of that whole Sears yeah, collapse, right? They hang around. Kohl's. Kohl's was one, and Kohl's actually had a whole bunch of categories. Because they have clothing. Listed, and they also have clothing. <laughs> And then uh, Lowe's actually had stuff labeled yeah. as Christmas, which I liked. Macy's was a surprise for me. Yeah. Not that I was surprised that they'd be there, but, you know, I thought this bunch does not... Because Macy's also has same-sex wedding registry, so my God, you could get a pass for Christmas, but... And then Sears. And Sears is having... Yeah. Sears may not make the list They're next struggling. year. They're struggling. Well, they might not be selling anything next year. And but then they... no surprise that Staples and uh, Walmart are in there as well. Well, Walmart was almost like another one of the, uh, the gold standards, right? Walmart was a gold standard for them, yeah. So they're not afraid to label their website with categories such as Christmas decorations. Right. They're not afraid. Why would they be afraid? It's, like that? Yeah, and they want so they and they give phone numbers for all these companies. You're supposed to call, call and, and encourage them, them and thank them thank for saying them. Merry Christmas and and having Christmas categories. No. So then there's a naughty list, John. Who made that? Well, companies that silence and censor Christmas. There they are. Just a few of them that we picked. Well, let's just go to the some of the big ones. Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, yep. a bookstore that sells books on. Practically everything, right? It's, oh, I love this. It says, this bookstore has lost its focus on the reason for the season. <laughs> because they, they say section. they only have a holiday section. Yeah. <laughs> probably because they sell books on Hanukkah. And they probably sell books Kwanzaa, on... There's Christmas. You know, yeah. yeah. The Burlington Coat Factory <laughs> makes the naughty <laughs> list because they also use the phrase happy holidays. But, you know, here's the quandary, folks. And here's the puzzle. Burlington Coat Factory also collects coats for the needy and the homeless, which is a very, very Christian thing. It's a giving thing, right? So you get dinged for saying happy holidays. You don't get a checkbox for taking care of the homeless or the poor well, by this, collecting coats. Well, this is why I said I wonder if you and I owned a retail store if we did happy birthday Jesus. Would that count? <laughs> no, because apparently you have to say Christmas. Christmas. So Dick's Sporting Goods yeah. uses generic... Christmas colors. Now, I didn't know what generic Christmas colors were. Christmas colors are red green and green. And red. green and red and white. So why would that be so? When I, anyway, there's no reference for the reason for the season. So, in other words, they're hinting at it. They're hinting, hinting at, it. at it. Gap. The gap's on the naughty list. Yeah. Well, they always are. So is Old Navy, for that matter, as well. But um, J. Crew also made the naughty list. No references to Christmas. Just holidays. Or biblical elements within product associations. I'm thinking about J. Crew. I'm thinking about Gap. What would you do? I guess would you do a sweater with a nativity scene? Merry Christmas. Happy birthday, Jesus. You and I need a happy birthday, Jesus. I think we're going to do happy birthday, Jesus t-shirts with nativity scenes. I'm, I'm kind of zeroing in on the three wise men. I got to think about that wise men angle. Yeah, well, There's something we, about the wise men. We got to open our own little the store. The gifts that they bring. Pop-up. 
Lord and Taylor gets dinged because Lord and Taylor is praised for their Fifth Avenue street holiday windows that incorporate the Christmas language, but the nativity scene is way back in the window, hidden behind sleighs and reindeer and trees. So they're missing the true loving meaning of the holiday. The Lord and Taylor one was one of the best. Well, they're going on a bit, right? Lord and Taylor's down to like two windows yeah. or something like that, right? Rite Aid Pharmacy, be careful because they only use phrases such as holiday shop or a destination for all your holiday holiday needs. Yeah. So again, no reason for the season. Now, Target's been on the list for I don't know how long. Well, forever, because they, and, let, they let people use the bathroom. And should I say, the AFA has been boycotting Target for years. The company's sales and stock price have increased since the boycott launched. <laughs> yes, I'm I just going to say one. that. because. And then they said they were upset. Yeah, they said, well, what did they say? It was something about, do you want your... Oh, it's, they didn't want... They wanted, they wanted bathrooms to be... Because Target put a, a policy in where the, you, you could use the bathroom of your chosen gender. It says, it says the AFA is, is, when you say they're targeting them, is hoping you don't care that they will allow men into the women's bathroom and the changing rooms. Right. And to do your Christmas shopping with them. <laughs> trans people are not allowed to shop at Target. And if you don't like trans people, you better not shop there either. The Target right? is t t similar to Holly Lobby. Yeah. So then we Target is the, the gold standard of the naughty. And then we, yeah, they are the, they are really the kingpin of the naughty. And then we wrapped up, I think, with uh, TJ Maxx and Walgreens. My mother loves TJ Maxx. She's not going to stop going there because they say happy holidays. Well, first of all, T and TJ Maxx is also part of Marshalls and, uh -huh. and Home Goods. Have you ever been to a Home Goods? Yeah. It Christmas threw up in Home Goods. I don't know why they would say. <laughs> That TJ, I mean, if you've ever been to a Home Goods, their criteria is like a nun with a ruler. Your knuckles are on the desk and get wrapped. If you don't say Merry Christmas, like literally, Merry, if it's not somewhere in the store, apparently you are not, you know. So that's the nice and naughty list. I recommend you shop the naughty stores. The nice, one, the nice ones do. are, yeah, the nice ones are fine too. They got a pass because they use the word Christmas, but hey, there you go. Are you doing a lot of Christmas shopping this year? I am done, done, done. Oh, you're done. Done. Family finally decided we're all at the age where we don't need anything from anybody. We can buy it ourselves. And I got a used gift. I like that. Well, well you got, look, open that up and show the book plate. John should zero in on that. That's from my private childhood library. I don't know if you can. John, let's see if you can get in there. It. Yeah, you can get in. Good. Keep going. There we go. From the library of John T. Nash. Little owl book plate. I'd put that in most of my books. That, that was an ownership thing. I can't believe anybody thought you were ever gay. <laughs> All right. Thank you for uh, wasting your time with us today or for saying, boy, I'm glad I joined Tim and John for this ride. Instead of the and state funeral. Can I just say, if you're only tuning in right now, you need to rewind and check out Garrett coming in. To, to in his it was a little bear costume a bear suit as we talked about me in my bunny suit I'll bring pictures I think we should get you know they do sell these at Primark that store I talked about oh, yeah. it sells a yeah. lot of those sort of things I think we should get one I for saw the a new show, I man. saw a new costume it's a one of those blow up things and it's a blow up of Han Solo trapped in carbonite and it's this rectangle. I, I think maybe, it, maybe we could wear that for Christmas. I don't know if you could sit down in it. That's the no. problem. All right. We want to thank uh, Deep Discount for being a partner of ours here on the Focus Group today. It's a last-minute gift sale. Whole site's on sale. Tim recommended the last seasons of the I Love Lucy show, season eight, seven, eight, nine. And they have celebrity-filled, rarely seen, if ever seen. Great gift. I recommend Fantastic Mr. Fox. And the release this week was ha uh, Handmaid's Tale Season 2. That's a heavy show. You, really well done, but don't plan on binging it. A big thanks to <laughs> Volkswagen Group of America. Year-end sales are on. Best time to buy a car, as Tim said. Lease or buy. Plenty of models to choose from. Plenty of features as well. Uh, so we say... Uh, don't text and drive, arrive alive, and we will tune in with you next week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.